we have all seen the stats. More than 8.5 million Brits are actively moderating their drinking habits, while more than 20% of the UK adult population don't drink at all. Then when you look at those aged between 18 and 25, this figure hits around a quarter. Like others, you've tried a few of the alcohol-free beers out there, or you're even making one or two of your own. But what you'll only admit to yourself late at night when no one else is around, they just don't taste as good as real beer. Which leaves many wondering, is there a better solution for drinks producers wanting to create a product that doesn't attempt to mimic the look and taste of so-called regular beer? Hi, my name is Tim Sheehan, editor of The Brewer's Journal. And I'm Velo Mitrovich, and you're listening to The Brewer's Journal podcast. Today's episode, we'll be talking to Jerry Goldberg, founder of Zyg. What is Zyg? It's a drink that comes in a beer bottle or can, poured into a pint glass and foams like beer, and has the color of a strong IPA. But the flavor? Hmm. We'll let Jerry explain that to you. But what we will say is that Zag might just be the first alcohol-free alternative that gives a real choice to beer drinkers. For those used to reading only four ingredients on many cans or bottles of beer, you'd almost need your reading glasses to see how many are listed on the back label of a bottle of Zag. These include kombucha, hemp, green tea, mint and citrus. It is quite unusual. It's, it's, it's quite a difficult product to describe to, to, to people flavor-wise. Let's get the odd one out of the way first. What does kombucha bring to the mixture? For those of you unfamiliar with kombucha, it's a fuzzy sweet and sour drink made with yeast, sugar, and black tea. Actually, kombucha is really good as an ingredient as with something else. So we only use 30% kombucha. So you don't really get that, that vinegariness, but it, 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 it brings um, a bit of body to, that, that, that you don't that you need to replace the alcohol in drinks and so it sort of brings some unusualness to it but without dominating the flavor so i think i think there's a future for kombucha as a as a you know a component ingredient not just a sort of drink in itself having worked in the beer business for 10 years jerry is no stranger to innovation when I worked in the beer business, I, I did a lot on innovation. It's quite difficult to innovate in beer, by the way, because beer's been around for I don't know how many centuries, but it's we, we can safely say it's a, a mature market. So any ideas of around beer innovation have been had already. We're getting things around dispense still and, and, and the way you serve it. But in terms of the actual flavor of the product itself, you know, it's, there's, there's not a lot of stuff that hasn't been done in beer. But... It, it struck me at the time, this, this is going back a bit, you know, to the, to, the, to the 90s, that we had some pretty poor alcohol-free beer products at the time. They were not nice to drink. And so I was thinking, I get the logic where you want to go out for a, a beer drinking occasion and you can't have alcohol for whatever reason. You might be driving, it might be getting up early, it might be health reasons or whatever. And this has been going, it's not just a recent phenomenon, this has been going on for a long time. But I get why you want an alcohol-free beer, but... Why does it have to try and taste like beer? There's, there's, it's almost like it's the occasion that you want, the beer drinking occasion, which is you know, socializing. It's, it's a long drink. It's not too sweet. It looks good in the glass. All those things soft drinks don't have. So the occasion's important, but it doesn't have to try and mimic 
a product that where you've got an integral ingredient, which is alcohol, that you you, you can't replace. Alcohol's not replaceable. So why not create something that has, you know, these occasion characteristics, but is not trying to copy the flavor of beer. That's, that's, that's something completely different flavor. And, and that's where the, the product development came from, that idea that we don't want to taste like beer, but we want, to, want it to be an alternative to beer when you can't drink alcohol. And it struck me su such an obvious point. Why is everyone trying to do this? Why are there hundreds of alcohol-free beers, but no real alternatives to it for the same occasion? And, and that's, that's where it all started, really. Were you trying to create a beverage such as a soft drink, flavored water, or an alcohol-free alternative drink, or a kombucha drink. An alternative is probably the best way of describing it. We, we did not start out saying we want to start kombucha. In fact, the place we started in product terms was tea because we felt tea is interesting. It's refreshing, but it's not sweet. So if we want if we want to replace beer, which one of the ultimate sort of benefits of beer is refreshment, let's start with tea, which is a, which is a, a, a good base to, to, to go with. But we're not going to whack it full of sugar, like, you know, all those ready-to-drink tea products. Not really popular in this country, but in America and, and Asia. So let's start with tea, but not make it sweet. And then we worked with some sort of mixologists, and they said, well, maybe combining tea with kombucha might help give you a good base for this. We thought this was a great idea because it's quite an unusual combination, but it b began to sort of formulate the sort of the base of a product that we can add a few flavors to. But it was so we didn't start with kombucha. We we didn't want to create a soft drink or a beer, and this is this is one of the challenges because it's effectively a new category. There's no reference point for consumers or retailers saying, okay, well this is something you're familiar with, but a bit different or a bit better. So if you think of a, a new tonic water, you can say, okay, we're we're a, we're like Schweppes, but we're premium, or we taste better, or we're healthier, or we're fruit. So, but you start with we're like something you're familiar with. We didn't have that. We can't say to people, we like this, but different or, or better. And that's quite, that's quite challenging. The, the, the best comparison is, and this wasn't deliberate, but it's just sort of thinking think back retrospect, is seedlet. Seedlet is not gin with the alcohol taken out, because that wouldn't taste, that would taste pretty horrible. Seedlet is a, a different product to replicate the ritual of making a gin and tonic. But it tastes different, and but but the ritual is the same. A lot of people who drink it tell me, I think I'm having a gin and tonic because I've got my gin glass and my ice and my lime and all the other stuff, and it's psychologically quite comforting to have this. And I thought that's that's actually what Zag is, but but for beer, you know, it's it's got those cues, but it tastes nothing like beer, and that's what we tried to do. So Seelip created. A new category, effectively, in in that, and there's now loads of of competitors and similar products. Um, so that's effectively what we're trying to do in beer stroke soft drinks. Sit in the middle of alcohol-free beer and soft drinks. From concept to pouring a drink from the first bottle, things don't happen overnight. Months, not years, but we 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 are we we continue to go in a, a development and and learning process. And again, I I, I having met some people involved in Seedlip, they told me Seedlip had many, many, many reformulations until it got to where it, where it is today. We, for example, we, we started out with matcha tea, which is, you should probably know, is powder tea, but that gave a bit of a sediment in the, in the product. So when you poured it out, you had this sort of green sediment, which didn't look so good. You know, it tasted good, but it didn't look so good. So we replaced that with, with, with uh, 
Broody. And now we're working on a further development where because the, the health trends are so strong at the moment in all food and drink, we're just taking down the natural sugar content of it so we can officially label ourselves low sugar. Low sugar, you have to be 2.5 grams per 100 grams of uh, of product and drinks, so it's five in, in, in food. But this is an important attribute a lot of people are looking for because most soft drinks either have high sugar or artificial sweeteners. And because soft, soft drinks are predominantly sweet, we're, we're less so. So we don't need any artificial sweeteners and we don't need so much sugar. So we're, we're, we're taking that down and reformulating to get a lighter, even healthier, healthier drink. So it took months originally, but we're continuing to, to refine and evolve as, as, we, as we learn more. With alcohol-free beer, the taste is easy to describe. It tastes like beer. But Zach doesn't pretend to be an alcohol-free beer. doesn't pretend to be a soft drink. But as to what it is, that is a challenge. So let's go back to the first question regarding this taste. On Zag's website, it's described as having a two-flavor theme, which only makes sense after you tasted it. We had a lot of trouble describing what it tasted like because it's so unfamiliar at this point about no no references and we didn't want to get sucked into sort of wine connoisseur language because we, we, we yeah it's not really beer territory would be a bit more no nonsense than, than that and I and I thought that the best way of describing it, it's a balance of two groups of flavors one group is familiar it's it's the lime the lemon the mint which are familiar let's say fruit based soft drink flavors. But the other side of kombucha, green tea and hemp, these are really unfamiliar flavors, especially in that combination that the people aren't familiar with. They're, they're more herby, they're drier, and they give it its distinctiveness. And and, and, and and the hemp, I should mention, so this has nothing to do with CBD. It's not got any active properties. It's, it's literally just a natural flavoring from the from the plant with, with no no active ingredients. But it's a really interesting and unusual flavour that that, that, that complements Zags really well. But people aren't familiar with it. If you put a, the smell of hemp in front of someone, I'm, I'm not talking about you know, cannabis, which smells distinctive. I thought the flavour of hemp on the plant which is very different. If you put it in front of people, they wouldn't be able to tell what it is because it's not really used in, in food and drink much. But it is, it's a nice flavour. And and so that was the what I'd call the theme, the, the sort of the unusual herby dry stuff around the tea tea hemp and, and kombucha that combines with the familiar stuff we we felt this was a a, a, a difficult territory we, because th there's a growth in cbd and because some people don't quite understand the difference between cbd cannabis hemp we thought we're getting into a bit of a bit of a minefield here about knowledge we're only using it because it's an interesting flavor that complements our drink not about its history or the plant it comes from so we never really have pushed it much because we've we felt it's too easy to be mis misunderstood when zag first came out and with the emphasis some reviewers placed on hemp some might wonder if the name zag came from the hippies old favorite zigzag cigarette papers for rolling joints yeah, that's that's not the yeah papers is not not the imagery we wanted to associate with. No, it's definitely. Not. I'll tell you where Zag came from. Actually, it's completely different. It is um, 
And if you remember a, a very old ad campaign for Levi's black jeans in the eighties and um, it's quite famous. So I mean, this is when all the jeans were blue and there was a, a picture of a whole load of white sheep and one black sheep. And the, and the line was when the world zigs zag. And it became a very, very famous advertising line about being different, being contrary, do, do, doing things your own way. And it's been adopted by many people since as a way of, I'm going to do things differently. Let's say in the investment community where everyone's investing in one set of stocks, you know, don't invest them, do it differently. So the world zigzag, do it, do it your own way, do it differently. Don't follow the trend, be different. And we thought because zigging was alcohol-free beers, hundreds of alcohol-free beers, no alternative, they're zigging. We're going to zag. We'll do it differently, and it's challenging, but we'll do it differently. So it's the idea is to to zag is to be to be different and original, and, and and not go with the the trend. Would you agree that the failure of some alcohol-free beers and spirits is that they try too hard to taste like the real thing? There's a role for it. There's there's definitely a role for it, and and the fundamental problem is you'll never quite get to the real thing because the alcohol is a central part of the flavor balance of beer. You can get a, a reasonable approximation and it's better now than it was in those, you know, caliber days. But it's still the thing you want with something missing. It's still going to be seen as a bit, you know, it's a reduced from the real thing. Now that doesn't mean to say it doesn't have a role that's important. So and some some brands have come out with some I think some good way, you know, way better products than there were before, but it's still the thing you want with something taken away. My criticism of the market is you don't need hundreds of these things. You know, just and as people keep launching yet another alcohol-free beer, we don't need more choice of alcohol-free beer at all. There's plenty of choice. What we need is more choice of other alcohol-free drinks that are not too sweet like soft drinks and have a role, a grown-up role in you know, social occasions like, like the pub or when you're socializing at home. And, and it seems that Everyone's ignored this obvious bit in the middle and they keep launching something else that's familiar. And there was, a, I saw a, a survey from pre-pandemic from Mintel that said 52% of people um, felt alcohol-free beer didn't taste as good as, you know, standard beer. Now, that's that's actually a good way. So half the people roughly are happy with the flavour of alcohol-free beer. Half the people aren't. So that's that kind of intuitively makes sense. But why then is there hundreds of things for one half and not very much for the other half. It's like the other half are being, are being neglected. Zag comes in a classic amber beer bottle with a label that would look right at home on many modern IPAs. But for Jerry, the drink is far removed from this. We'd prefer, I mean, as I said earlier, it's, it's effectively a new category, but you can't really be a new category with one, one brand. I don't think a supermarket would sort of, uh, you know, take that. We would like to be next to alcohol-free beers as, as an alternative to them, not next to soft drinks. And and you kind of see, I mean, each, each retailer does things differently. They're all trying to become a bit more creative in the way they merchandise stuff. So some have small up-and-coming brands as a, a group, not, you know, drinks or snacks, but small entrepreneur brands. And that would be a nice place for us. But in terms of categories, are perfect places to sit next to alcohol-free beer, but be clear that it's not going to taste like beer. We market it as a grown-up drink because most soft drinks are quite childlike in the way they're presented. Even the, 
premium ones use some familiar cues of childlike design and containers and stuff like that if you pointed out in in some of your questions we look like a beer you know we use a standard beer bottle we use a design language that's that's closer to beer than soft drinks but product wise it is absolutely free of of alcohol and it, it's not had alcohol in the processing your label design could be described as bold from five to ten meters away there is no mistaking zag as being something else was this intentional i think the designers did a great job it's, it is distinctive because if you're a new brand that no one's ever heard of you need to work harder to stand out subtlety isn't going to help you because it's so competitive the market you'll be looked at versus loads and loads of other you know complicated and often quite sophisticated designs so impact is is critical and you're introducing a new a new brand name to people so you've got to be memorable so we've, we've done the obvious thing of gone for monosyllabic there's only three letters in it it's just simple to, to recognize and to say uh all those 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 things that you know that, that, that do that do count and and would it try to be too clever in doing a, a brand name that's descriptive of what it is that would have just been too complicated and long so we just went be different bold impactful and as, as you can see borrowing a few cues from from beer i quite like the idea of of cheekily buying standard 330 mil beer bottles brown and packaging our product in it no other soft drink does that and the drink almost pours with a head like a beer we wanted to get more of a head actually but i think consumers aren't that bothered really by by having a head but our original conception was to get a more beer like head and we looked at head properties to create and 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 um sort of retain a head for example we could we could have put some nitrogen in, into the into the processing along with carbon dioxide to get more of a head and indeed we have did have an ambition and maybe still have one to put it in a widget can like you know guinness or john smith's extra soup and have a thick creamy head like beer now i don't know if that would work we've never actually done it and it may make it the carbon dioxide is quite important in giving it a bit of bite in the absence of um of alcohol and it may just make it too smooth but i like the idea of playing around with different types of dispense different head to get a different drinking uh, experience and borrowing some of that stuff from beer but that's for the future a problem however with making a drink that looks like beer but isn't is that that all-important first taste might turn off some drinkers it is a, managing expectations of what it's going to taste like is a challenge because you're right that's what people do and if we make any reference to beer we had originally our first label it said at the top refreshingly not beer and people thought that meant it was beer. Even though it said not beer, people thought it was going to taste like beer. And it's, and sometimes that jars a bit. It's a bit like when I was a little kid, the first time my mum gave me cheesecake and I expected it to taste like cheese. And I had it and it was disgusting because it was tasted sweet, not like cheese. Of course, over time, you get to think cheesecake's a great product. You know, you like it. But the problem was I was expecting something that was very different to what I was ultimately eating. And I think we've had, it's, it's a tricky job to, to manage expectations of what this is going to taste like. And it doesn't taste like beer. Uh, and we've, we've given up any references to this is an alternative to, to beer because people think it's going to taste like beer. Instead, the communication is more based on 
this is unusual. This is unlike anything else you've tasted before. Give it a go. And then let all the, the language around the bottle and the label do the rest of the work for us. But while Zag isn't a beer, they've discovered there is a real appetite for the alternative beverage from beer drinkers, which has been proven at many beer festivals. We got invited by Brewdog to do their beer festival stand at Brick Lane in um, just before the pandemic, actually. It was in February before the whole pandemic started, February 20. That was a perfect place for us because what we found out was people go around all the beer stalls and we weren't a beer. We were unashamedly not a beer. There was alcohol-free beer. There was beer. We were the only kind of non-beer there, but we were invited as, as one of the potential winners in the in the ex, a startup competition they did and they said we would have put us into the final but they they never tasted our product they did they thought it might be a bit embarrassing if the product tasted crap but now we've tasted it we should have put you in the the final three but i quite like that about brewdog we were being a bit cheeky saying that we're kind of we're not beer we're something different and yet they embrace it because they're more about the attitude of rebels and doing things doing things differently anyway we were we, we were really appealing to a lot of customers who were getting quite drunk going around all the beer stalls and just wanted a rest of the beer and they'd come along they'd taste it and say oh this, this kind of goes well with beer but i'd need something that's not beer to just as a pacer to keep keep me going and that was a, a really good environment for us we felt at home with the the other craft beer brands and their consumers and the fact that we complemented not competed with their with their drinks so that's quite an interesting learning from from brick lane Boy, you might think the zag design might appeal more to men almost coke zero as opposed to diet coke in looking at the names of people ordering online, there's pretty much a 50-50 split between male-female drinkers of Zag. When asked, Jerry says that design-wise, there was no intention on appealing more or less to either sex. Very few breweries will launch with only one type of beer. However, that's what Zag has done with its own product. However, there is more in the pipeline. We were developing a black tea version, so the, the tea in and Zag is green tea, and we'd like to do a darker black tea version. We're, we're at the moment we're concentrating on getting the you know Zag as an idea out there first. I think you know if you did more flavours, it would just add to complexity, and we're we're sort of running before we're walking. But absolutely, we would like a black tea variant, so a, a dark, say dark brew where this was a pale brew. Experimenting with dispe uh, dispensing nitrogen as as well as carbon dioxide to give a different uh, sort of sort of flayed mouthfeel effect and we'd like to draft version as well so all these are sort of plans for the for the future but again i think you have to as a new brand establish what you are first and, and get a bit of a sort of consumer franchise because as i said it's quite tricky to be something completely different you have to work hard so this is what we are this is where we fit in your life this is what we stand for and rushing and trying to do too much before you've got that established i think would be it would be an error so far it's only available online through either zag's website or online sales such as amazon and others for growth and survival how important will it be to get into pubs very important for growth interesting online is there's many many businesses out there that that just decide to be online only but ultimately because we're about sociability without drinking we we should be in pubs we, we need to be in pubs we we that's our sort of perfect environment you know drinking having a bottle in your hand drinking out the bottle while 
while your mates may be drinking beer or, or what else that they're drinking. That's that's where we belong. Now, of course, the hospitality industry has been through turmoil for the last 18 months. So, you know, sort of trying to bang on their door and say, hey, you know, have a new product is, is, is probably premature, even now where everyone's still getting to grips with the sort of hopefully the post-pandemic era. But we think we fit really well in pubs. We give a great alternative to alcohol-free beer or soft drinks. It's a perfect environment for us. And once we gain, we've established ourselves online through digital communication and, and, and saying to our people, got, got some loyal, passionate customers. We really, really need to be in, in pubs. Jerry Goldberg says that alcohol's grip on socialising is weakening as many consumers adopt healthier lifestyles. The alcohol-free beer sector is booming, but for many, achieving that desired taste and flavour is still an issue. He believes that there is an opportunity to provide consumers with a refreshing alcohol-free drink for social drinking occasions that offers flavour and without the health and usage limitations of conventional soft drinks. Zag is a new drinks category that sits in between alcohol-free beer and conventional soft drinks with Zag, as Jerry explains, the first entrant. And with one quarter of pub visits not including alcohol, there are also key opportunities to improve the range of non-alcoholic drinks for customers. And for those drinkers who have been zigging, will they now be zagging? That's the question. The Brewer's Journal podcast is a production of Reby Media, Produced and hosted by me, Tim Sheehan. And me, Velo Mitrovic. Sound engineering is by Ross McPherson. Series supervision by John Young. The executive producer is Rory Harris. And special thanks today to Jerry Goldberg of Zag. <laughs>